For the Arkansas of my father, he said, is worth more than a river of gold in itself, and to me it is beyond price. That stone of all the treasure I name unto myself, and I will be avenged on anyone who finds it and withholds it. The Hobbit, Chapter 16 A Thief in the Night. Megavon and Melon, and welcome back to Interesting Tales from Tolkien, a Podmoot. I'm Mel. And I'm Kristen. And this week we are covering The Hobbit, Chapter 16, A Thief in the Night. Hey Mel, catch our listeners up on what's happened so far. All right, Mel's 30-second recap is starting now. Bilbo is a hobbit living in the Shire, and one night Gandalf, a wizard, and 13 dwarves just turned up at his doorstep and said, hey, you need to come on an event with us. So they have crossed all the way across the north of Middle-earth, meeting elves, trolls, goblins, and shapeshifters. The really weird one's a creature called Gollum who gave Bilbo a magical ring. The important thing is they're now at the Lonely Mountain. The dragon Smaug has been killed by some guy called Bard, and Bilbo has the Ark and Stone, which Thorin really, really wants, and they've been laid under siege. Two seconds to spare. (laughs) <laughs> Good job, Mel. All right, now it's my turn. <laughs> Kristen, it is your turn. Time to recap for us Chapter 16, A Thief in the Night, and your time starts now. Thorin really wants the Arkenstone, and Bilbo has it. And Bilbo is also not at all pleased with all of this sieging. So he puts the ring on and sneaks out to go visit Bard and gives him the Arkenstone as a tool to possibly end this battle. Just about that time, Gandalf shows up and says that there's news brewing that the Ravens haven't even heard yet, and good night. So Bilbo goes back to the dragon's cave, and I'm out of time. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, that that was the ringtone of my timer. Okay, I, I can't always, I can't hear it. Oh, I can't hear it? Off. Yeah, that's okay. I'll put it near the microphone next time. <laughs> Do you want to finish your recap? So Bilbo climbs back in, wakes up Bomber and goes to sleep. <laughs> we have no new characters this week, so we can dive right into the story. Yeah, Thorin is all about the Arkenstone. He cannot find it and he really wants it. All the other dwarves are stacking the treasure in organized piles. And Bilbo is afraid that they're going to find the Arkenstone wrapped in an old bundle of tattered oddments that he used as a pillow. And just for half a second, I got this image of Dobby and Creature in their little house elf holes. That are all full of, especially Creature's nest that is all full of stuff that he's stolen out of House Black. Okay. I I can see where that came from. Yeah, so what makes Bilbo afraid is what Thorin says. He's after the Arkenstone and that stone of all the treasure I name unto myself and I will be avenged on anyone who finds it and withholds it. And meanwhile, Bilbo's been withholding it for days now. And we have already seen that Thorin has this single-minded protector thing going for his treasure. Yeah, very, should we use the word greedy at this point? I don't think it's greed. I think it's ownership. All right. Possessiveness. ah, Possessiveness and and vengeful. He is going to take anyone down that tries 
to keep even one morsel of that treasure. Yep, that he hasn't distributed himself by the sounds of it. I think Thorin just has this idea that they're going to divvy up what's there in the mountain 14 ways, and that's going to be the end of the story. Thorin's not interested in any other possible ending to the story. Mm -hmm. He's like, it's all profit at this point, (laughs) and we'll divvy it up 14 ways, give the hobbity share and send him off and live in our mountain. It seems like a very big mountain for 13 dwarves to reside in on their own. I'm sure they'll want other dwarves to join them. Even Roak is trying to convince Thorin to ease up a little because the winter is coming and they're not going to be able to get any food. And Thorin's like, yeah, well, you know what? The winter's going to come on the men and elves too. They're going to have to go back home and then we're going to be able to get out or we'll at least be able to parley with them better. Yeah, they'll have dwarves at their backs and where are they going to go? And Roak's words of reason, I actually have in my margins, can we all just listen to Roak for five minutes? <laughs> He's got good advice. It's time to stop this in parlay and try to figure it out. But Thorin's got no interest. Roak was the one who told them all the good news in the previous chapter, and they thought he was a hero. And now we're like not listening to Roak. No, just using him for his messenger services. So Bilbo, once again, has to take matters into his own hands. And I have to say here, good on you, Bilbo. Good on you for using that ring to your advantage, for thinking up what to do, and recognizing that if we all keep going along the path that we're going, either we're all going to starve to death or somebody is going to have to die in battle. So Bilbo has determined, in his mind, a way to bring this to an end. And he takes the Arkenstone and he sneaks up to the wall where Bomber's keeping watch. Poor Bomber. Not very happy. I wouldn't be either. He's cold. It's the middle of the night. I also feel sorry for him because Bilbo clearly has a special friendship already with Bomber. And he clearly takes it for granted here. Takes advantage of Bomber. Yes, takes advantage of Bomber's trust in him and says, you know, how about you have a rest and I'll keep watching. I'll even wake you if anything happens so you can take the glory. And I'll wake you at midnight so you can wake the next watchman and no one needs to know about this wink (laughs) bomber thinks bilbo's doing him a favor which look at how manipulative our mr bilbo has become you are a good fellow mr baggins and i will take your offer kindly and then says where he'll be sleeping and everything and bilbo's like off you go i will wake you at midnight and you can wake the next watchman And yeah, very manipulative, but he's still loyal. Like we'll say at the end of the chapter where he's advised not to go back and he does because he's got other people to think about. He's just trying to make some progress here in these negotiations. And I I applaud Bilbo for this. So he uses some rope and climbs down over the walls and is sneaking along but falls into the water. He's trying to ford the river in the dark again. Brave Mr. Baggins, well done. And he's not that tall, so it doesn't take that much water for it to be a big deal for him to be in the river. And then I love then, here come the elves and the elvish lanterns. That was no fish. There is a spy about. Hide your lights. I I can just see this scene. It it just makes me laugh already with glee. And they call him a queer little creature that is said to be the, the servant of the dwarves. And Bilbo is like, servant indeed, only to then sneeze and, you know, give himself away a little bit. Then he takes the ring off and they say, who are you? Are you the dwarves hobbit? And I love that, <laughs> that, that he, he's clearly the odd creature out. 
Yeah. And, but that's how they think of him. Yep. They, they would know little of hobbits living so far away from them. All they'll know is what the lake men have told them, which is what Bilbo has told them or the lake men have seen. And so Bilbo's like, I am, and I, I need to see Bard, although I do know your king as well, even if he doesn't know me, So and tells them that he only has an hour or two, so they better hurry him along. Again, major props to Bilbo just taking charge of the situation. This is totally Bilbo showing that he's from Gryffindor, just taking the situation by the horns and getting after it. I think Bilbo definitely is a Gryffindor. Totally. I've always thought of most of the Hobbits as Hufflepuffs, but thinking on it more, Bilbo for sure is a Gryffindor. He reminds me of the Ron Weasley-style Gryffindor, where he's really just more happy to be in the Great Hall and eating. But yeah, you know, when there's an adventure, he's in there. So Bilbo finds himself sitting with Bard and Thranduil, our elf king, and He's just sitting there like going, really, you know, things are impossible. Personally, I'm tired of the whole affair and I wish I was back in the West in my own home where folks are more reasonable. And then he says, but I have an interest and I'm actually entitled to a 14th share of the profit. And he shows Thorin's letter that he's carried with him all the way across this adventure and explains, keep in mind, this is the profits and I'm willing to make sure everybody is paid fairly before I take my share. And he's being very reasonable. Very reasonable. And he warns them that you don't know Thorin Oakenshield as well as I do. I assure you, he is quite ready to sit on a heap of gold and starve as long as you sit here. And Bard says, such a fool deserves to starve. <laughs> well, no problem to us. We'll sit here too. We've got a supply line. And then Bilbo spills some of the beans that there are 500 more dwarfs on the way, two days away, and that's going to shift the balance of power somewhat. And again, here is Bilbo trying to be reasonable, trying to broker some sort of peace here. And Bard asks if he's betraying the dwarves or threatening them because he's not quite sure, which I think Bilbo, the whole Bilbo squeaked, it makes me think... He's, like, offended by such an accusation. He says, Don't be so hasty. I never met such suspicious folk. I'm merely trying to avoid trouble for all concerned. It's like, I'm trying to help everyone. I'm just being nice. Please stop accusing me. Well, and Bilbo is probably just the fact that he's so outsized by them. He's probably scared. Because at least when he's up in the mountain, it's 14 people, well, 14 beings, against the two armies that are currently here. Now it's just Bilbo against everybody. Bilbo against the world. (laughs) That sounds like a meme. (laughs) And so he pulls out the Arkenstone and it's described once again, it says, the Elven King himself, whose eyes were used to things of wonder and beauty, stood up in amazement. It was as if a globe had been filled with moonlight and hung before them in a net woven of the glint of frosty stars. And even Thranduil and Bard are super impressed by this. They don't understand how it's Bilbo's to give. And I mean, I guess it really isn't Bilbo's to give, except that Bilbo is the one who has it right now. And he says he's willing to deduct it from his 14th portion and give it to them as a token as a negotiating tool right and he says i may be a burglar or so they say 
Personally, I've never felt like one, but I am an honest one, I hope, more or less. Anyway, I'm going back now, and the dwarves can do what they like to me. I hope you'll find this useful. I think he's only an honest one if he tells the dwarves what he did. Well, we have to see what happens in the morning, because when he gets back, he wakes up Bomber and goes to sleep. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, so before he leaves, the elven king tells him that he's more worthy of the armor he wears than many elf princes that look more comely in it. And he hopes, well, he wonders if Thorin will see how worthy he is because he's actually quite worried about Bilbo going back. Well, and they provide him an escort mm. until they get back close to the mountain when an old man wrapped in a dark cloak rose from a tent door where he was sitting and came toward them. And it's Gandalf! Gandalf is back! Woo! Here to save the day, right? Right? I, I, well, he's... <laughs> He at least is here to congratulate Bilbo. Like, I don't know if he's going to save anything. We'll see. We'll have to read the book and see, as you're so fond of telling me. I know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and Bilbo is so happy, and he wants to ask all these questions, but Gandalf goes, nope, no time for that. It's all drawing towards an end, and you need to get back to your friends. And there's more news coming that even the ravens don't know about, but good night. Thanks, Gandalf. And then we just have this sort of unceremonious Bilbo climbs back up, wakes up Bomber, and was soon fast asleep, forgetting all his worries till the morning. As a matter of fact, he was dreaming of eggs and bacon. I heartily approve of this dream. <laughs> I could go for some eggs and bacon. So what did you think of this chapter? He definitely acted as a thief, but not stealing anything from the dwarves and the men like you predicted. No, actually, he stole from the dwarves and gave something to the elves and the men a little bit of reverse thievery almost some would say well and we'll have to see what that ends up doing clearly it is a huge shift in power taking power away from the dwarves and giving the elves and men the very thing that they want the most yeah character shout out for the week I think we got to go with Bilbo. I mean, Bilbo is the one who makes it all happen. He comes up with the idea, he takes the ring, he executes the idea, and he gets home safely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Bomba because, you know, he was so trusting of Bilbo and Bomba just keeps having unfortunate things happen to him. It looks like this time he's gone away scot-free. No one's realized what Bilbo did. But still, Bilbo put him at a lot of risk. Did he? Calculated risk. Well, yeah, he sent the watchman off to sleep. What if someone had come up there and checked and found Bomber asleep? Hmm. I don't know that Bilbo put Bomber at risk. I think Bilbo just appealed to what Bomber really wanted to be doing, which is sleeping and trying to get back to his enchanted sleep from the magical river. Which is all good and well, unless he gets caught. If Bomber had been left just to do his watch, he would have just done his watch, grumbled about it and complained, I'm, I'm sure, but he wouldn't have fallen asleep on the job. No, he wouldn't have. So he deserves it. He deserves the shout out, <laughs> in my opinion. Would you like to do predictions? Sure, let's do some. Well, you already asked me if Gandalf is here to save the day, and I don't know that Gandalf is actually going to do anything yet because he says there is news that even the ravens don't know, know about. So maybe he has already 
put some deus ex machina type stuff in motion, but I, I don't think Gandalf's going to have to do anything just yet. I think this other stuff is going to help. All right. So next week's chapter, chapter 17, is called The Clouds Burst. Well, the last chapter that had clouds in the title was Gathering of the Clouds, and that was Clouds of Birds. So I'm thinking that the birds are going to play a role here. What kind of role are the birds going to play? (laughs) I knew you were going to ask me that. I I don't know, but just the delivery of the Arkenstone, like we we are at serious loggerhead here like something's got to give and Bilbo has definitely unbalanced the scales so I think whatever this is that the ravens don't even know about that's going to be the clouds bursting and that it's something that probably Gandalf set into motion so it's some other people coming some other supplies are coming I mean and also we have the other dwarven army that's going to be here in two days so and, and actually one of the days it is half over now, so a day and a half away. Yeah, so I, I think there's going to be some confrontation. And I, I think the elves and men are going to march up to the gate and say, dude, we got your Ark and Stone. Give over. And then the dwarves are going to have to decide what to do. But there's going to be some sort of intervention by either by these other the other dwarves that are coming up or by somebody else even yet that nobody knows what's happening. Because Tolkien loves to do that at the end of the chapter. And how do you think Thorin's going to react to the Elf King and Bard having his stone? I think he's going to be entirely livid. <laughs> I think we have not even seen an amount of anger that's going to equal this. And he's going to try to figure out what happened. And I don't know. I'm thinking that the elves and Bard are going to spill the beans. And they're going to say, yeah, well, you know, Bilbo brought us this thing because he wants this whole situation to stop escalating and actually make some progress. And I think Thorin is going to be so furious with Bilbo. But then he's going to also figure out how Bilbo got out of there. And I I think the dwarves are going to end up in a giant mess in terms of turning on each other. And, well, you said this and you did that. I think there's going to be some of that. But also, I think Gandalf being there, Gandalf may be able to talk Thorin down and get Thorin to see some sort of reason. Okay. So you think that the Elven King and Bard are going to throw Bilbo under the proverbial mummelkill, the giant elephants from the Lord of the Rings. I don't know that they're going to do it on purpose, but I think they're going to be like, yeah, well, your, your guy gave us this thing so we can move forward. And he said it's a part of his treasure. I think they're just going to repeat what happened. They're going to be honest. Yeah. Well, and, and Bilbo said, I'm an honest burglar. So, And he is, he, he was really upfront with them. I, I chose this as part of my 14th portion and I'm giving it to you. Although he is fairly certain, as we read a chapter or so ago, that Thorin probably doesn't consider the Arkenstone as part of that 14 shares that can be split. And also Bilbo has a different opinion about when and how to calculate the profits. Like he thinks everybody should be paid off, paid back, and then they calculate the profits. And Thorin is just like, nope, all hours, all profits. (laughs) Do not owe anything to no one. Do, Do you see a bill? Do you see an IOU? Nope. Move on. 
So who do we think these armies are? Because you keep we've talked about the Battle of the Five Armies briefly back in a few chapters ago, and you've been trying to guess who the armies are to make up five. I think it's someone we haven't seen yet. So we've got Elves Men. Are we counting Thorin and Dane as separate armies or one army? One. One. So we've got three armies. Dwar- dwarf. I mean, I'm sorry, the Mary 14 is not an army. <laughs> That's not that. I mean, they they have called for reinforcement, so that's clearly they're all supposed to be on the same team. Yep. And then there's, I I think the birds are a part of it, but there's still, and so whoever the fifth army is is what that's what Gandalf is hinting at here. Friend or foe, this fifth army. I do think it's a race that we have not met yet, and I think they are also motivated by the treasure. So whether that makes them a friend or foe, I guess that makes everyone more like rivals because they all want the same treasure. They all want to divvy up the same gold that Thorin is sitting on right now. So the elves and the men have teamed up. So and then we have the army of dwarves who will obviously be on Thorin's side because it's Thorin's cousin. What side are the birds on? Or are they on their own side? I'm actually wondering if the birds and then whoever this fifth army is, is also, if they're just on their own side, like everybody, it's sort of every army for themselves. And I even think that the alliance between the elves and men is not super strong. You could see the elven king and Bard betraying each other. Maybe not betraying each other, but they all want the treasure. At a certain point, they could also come to loggerheads about how to divvy up the stuff. One would hope they had talked about that before marching together on the mountain. You'd hope with being as wise and old as the elven king, but who knows? Maybe he's a bit of a hothead. In my opinion... The battle is not over the mountain itself. It's over the contents of the mountain. Mm. And that that's why I think it's a little bit every army for themselves. Because once the stuff is divvied up, nobody's going to tell the dwarves they can't go back and live there. It's just a question of how much they get to keep and what's going to happen to the other armies and what they want. So we've got three chapters to go, 17, 18, and 19. So we're looking at a wrap-up of all these affairs. Who's going to live and who's going to die? Well, I've already been saying that I know that Bilbo lives, so that's a little bit cheating. I think at least one of the dwarves is going to be lost. I hope it's not Bomber, although I can't imagine any of them being lost. I think there's going to be heavy casualties if there's actual, like, swords and weapons and fighting. I think there's going to be heavy casualties in the bird army and in the larger dwarf army as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what this news is that Gandalf keeps alluding to. All right. Any further predictions you want to add in? Any thoughts, comments? Ready to jump through the computer and strangle me yet? I'm not going to strangle you, Mel. I don't have enough information to make any more predictions. So I'm just going to leave it at that for this episode. And we'll see you all next week. Next week's homework, Chapter 17, The Clouds Burst. Thanks for joining us. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Podmoot. Our email address is podmoot at gmail.com and our website is podmoot.com. If you'd like to contact me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett on Twitter and Instagram. Kristen, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kristen Conducts. 
nor vermelin until we meet again. Bye, y'all. <laughs>